is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Cut. I'm your host, Christian Williams, and I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, dude? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, long weekend of work, as always, but a really good Monday night game so far. What it should be. I was kind of nervous with how the Titans have been playing, but good so far. Yeah. Yeah, I had a, a long weekend for different reasons. Um, very sleepy. You'll notice my voice is a little not there tonight, but um, we're going to push through. Uh, also agree, great game going on. Didn't expect it. Thought the Bills were going to kind of route the Titans, but I'm good with it. I need Josh Allen to throw a lot uh, in order to win. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right, guys, we're here to talk through everything week six. We're going to give you guys some waiver wire suggestions as you head into week seven. And it's a big one. There are a lot of teams on by this week. Uh, I put out a tweet about a certain team's running backs and what you should or shouldn't do. I don't want to spoil uh, later in the show. I think we might argue on that one, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, it, it's the the waiver wire might be a little dry. We'll try to give you guys some names that you can look out for as you browse your waiver wire this week. So. Uh, but before that, we're going to talk through all the crap that happened. And the crap was injuries, lots of them. So we're starting off with a couple of the Browns, uh, Kareem Hunt, Baker Mayfield, um, Odell Beckham could probably stand to be on this list. I know he returned to the game, but got banged up in the first half. He, I believe, was on the projected uh, did not practice list. Obviously, today was a rest day for the Browns. But it's something to monitor as the Browns head into their Thursday night football game. But the big one, Kareem Hunt, is headed to the IR, I believe. I mean, he's out three to six yeah. weeks. It seems as though it's going to be on the longer end of things, right, Randy? Uh, they're not fully sure. Uh, but you would expect they're not going to rush him back, especially with... Well, they're not going to rush Chubb into playing Thursday either, but... They're letting Chubb get back to full health, and then I'm sure they're going to let Hunt get back to full health, and that's going to let Chubb get a little bit more passing work, which is going to be fun to watch. Yeah. I will say, if you're plugged into Twitter, you may have been concerned that it was an Achilles injury. It is not. It is a calf injury, but it sounds as though uh, it is a like partial tear of his calf. It's not just a strain because, I mean, he had trouble walking. Uh, so it's something to keep an eye on. It, it might be on the longer end, but We'll see. It's not good for the Browns' run game. And, uh, you know, the Browns' pass game is a little rough, too, because Baker Mayfield dislocated his shoulder, re-injured his torn rotator cuff on his non-throwing shoulder. Not good. Uh, I thought when I saw it, I said, oh, he's done. He's for sure done. He's not coming back. Comes sprinting out of the blue tent. You can say what you want about Baker, and there's a lot to say after the last couple of weeks. That dude's tough. Uh, he's going to be playing on Thursday night, but it's not really a matchup that we we are looking to uh, play him in. Yes, I know, Randy. You, Randy always gives me funny looks when my voice cracks. And it, it I don't me... have to say shit ever. Either. <laughs> yeah, I, know, bad. I just so I can just barely look at you. And you're like you fuck up. <laughs> that that was a bad crack too. Um, but yeah, so Baker showed up to his press conference, arm in a sling. Randy, how do you feel about starting Baker against Denver on Thursday? I don't feel like awful about it, but it's because I don't expect like I expect the same thing for Baker every week. And the other good thing for starting him for Thursday is 
We don't know Chubb's status as of now. If Chubb's not playing, uh, I do think Jarenis Johnson and Felton can pick up at least a majority of the slack. They're clearly not the two studs, but them together can kind of be a mixed mash, decent backfield. Uh, But they are going to have to throw more, have to hear about guys like Landry as well, have to hear about the tackles. But the injury, like especially with how he came back, and was still very accurate, even maybe more accurate than he was the rest of the game. Uh, I can't be, like, dead to water. And it's not like Denver – they've looked good, but they've been picked apart by teams of late. Uh, And some of those teams aren't, like, the most prolific offenses either. Uh, The Raiders obviously just dismantled them (laughs) on Sunday uh, with a lot of deep shots as well. So maybe that's good for Baker. Yeah. I think that's worth noting because I do think that the Brown or the Denver run defense is good. I mean, it's top 10 in the league. Their rush DBOA heading into this week was 10th overall. Now that probably stays pretty stagnant. I know the Raiders, like you said, was mostly through the air, uh, but worth noting that I, I think the Browns probably throw a little more if Chubb doesn't go. Hopefully Chubb goes for all of your fantasy lineups. And Browns fans like us. All right. uh, Next, Alex Collins, uh, hip and glute injuries. Looking as though he might be out this week. I made some jokes about I'd rather have DJ Dallas than uh, the aforementioned Browns running backs this week. Not realizing that Collins was probably going to miss this week. I, I don't. Do you know what the status of that is? No. <laughs> and I didn't even realize. So, like, he didn't play in the overtime. That was right. like, that's how we knew he was hurt. But we also didn't actually know he was hurt until uh, after the game, because obviously we don't get instant update on a running back being off the field. And maybe they just felt like DJ Dallas was better passing back. So no one really questioned it uh, at the time. But afterwards, yeah. this is pretty much all we got. Like, this is, it's literally Pete Carroll was like, yeah, he hurt his hip and glute. That's, uh, that's all we've heard so far. <laughs> um, it was a late game. I don't expect it doesn't seem like the kind of injury that would just take someone out for the week, but it could be more severe than he leads on. We can't really trust coach speak out of Seattle ever. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but I think it's more just, it's, it's not an every down back that became an every down back. And I think he got slightly worn tear, uh, I just think they're even if he's playing, I think DJ Dallas gets a little bit more run this week, even though he did get a good amount. Yeah. Um, and Homer was on the field quite a bit too. So just a couple of games to, to keep an eye on. I'm not sure we'll touch on that later. Uh, Darius Tony, unfortunately, you know, I was wrong. It was a game fed targets, even with Shepard out there. And then. He got hurt, and it seems as though it might be serious. I thought it was just a re-injure of the ankle. It seems as though it was a re-injure of the ankle, and now it's worse. Uh, so, Kateri's Tony, breakout game, injury. What are you doing with the Giants wide receiver room, Randy? Um, <laughs> if it's not Sterling Shepard, I pretty much don't care. I think that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I was... Tony is my set of the week. Obviously, this doesn't count for that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just one of those. Uh, it looked like we weren't going to get the return. Any of the receivers, we ended up getting 
Sterling Shepard back, who just got peppered with targets again, because that's what's going to be his life. I don't know how much Tony can really break out. I think he's going to have a couple decent games down the stretch because of a, a good amount of deep shots the last couple weeks, but it's just one of those things where I don't really want the receivers, but if I have to take one, it's going to be the PPR monster of Sterling Shepard. Yeah. Yeah, Daniel Jones uh, had a QBR under 10 this week, so not ideal uh, for fantasy performances. That, that doesn't no. really equate. Uh, Latavius Murray, my start of the week, opened up with a really great first drive, injured his ankle. The Ravens, though, they went with running back by committee to the fullest extent. I don't think a single running back got over 50% of the snaps. And so I, I Tyson Williams didn't even see the field. I, I don't even know if he was active. Uh, because I saw that uh, I think Caleb Huntley got on the field. Um, so good lord, it's yeah, <laughs> not ideal. So Latavius Murray, you probably you probably can't start a Ravens running back that's only getting forty percent of the work. Now he he was the one that got a touchdown. A lot of Bell got a touchdown, so they both had decent flex worthy days. But with Latavius being banged up, are you interested in Lev at all? Not really, because Freeman was more of like the lead back. It seemed like it. It, yeah. it seemed like they trust him to be like an all-around back, whereas the other ones they trust to be just a pure, uh, kind of a power back. It looked like of sorts. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I don't think I'm touching Bell, unless it's like the deepest league possible, <laughs> just because yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're gonna keep doing running back by committee too. They're doing that to try and prevent injuries, and they still get another injury. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Paris Campbell, this one's sad for me, I think for him, uh, for really anyone who's rooting for this kid to come back from two bad injuries. He, he missed a lot of time in his rookie year due to injury. He came back, looked explosive, looked like the leading target getter last year with Phillip Rivers. And then got knocked out in the second game of the year. Now he finally has what we could call a breakout game, his best performance. He had four catches last week. He had a 51-yard touchdown catch this week. And then he hurt his foot. And it sounds as though it could be season-ending. Uh, the report is that he's heartbroken. We're going to talk about kind of what the fallout is in terms of waivers. Uh, Randy, any thoughts on Paris? Do you think uh, this might be the, the dagger? Uh, I think it's going to be one of those like dagger for trust, but I, when you're this talented, I don't think you're ever truly like just put down in the league kind of thing. Uh, every time he's been in the field, he's been explosive. So it, hopefully it's not season ending for him so he can show that's the biggest thing for him. Even if he's out on the IR for like six to eight weeks, if he just comes back this year, I think that shows a lot of like doubters wrong that yeah i got hurt but i'm i'm still back i'm still here killing it yeah. when i'm here it's yeah. just it's just sad yeah i hate injuries derailing what could have been a really great career i mean he's he's a fun player um so hopefully he comes back soon Dak prescott calf strain nothing to worry about they have the bye week this week uh it sounds as though he'll he'll be fine he said he could have played had he not you know throwing a freaking dime on that last ball when he injured his calf. Uh, so Dak should be fine. I wouldn't go pick up uh, any Cowboys backup quarterbacks. Yeah. 
What a wild game. Yeah, great game. Great game. Uh, Terrace Marshall got a concussion this week. Panthers offense, pretty gross right now. Sam Darnold returned to uh, New York Jets. Sam Darnold the last three-ish weeks. And not as bad. Not as bad. Um, I mean, his receiving core kind of came back to it. But honestly, like, I wasn't watching that game at the time because I was working. We got a text from Sean saying, oh, he's back to his old self because I'm sure – Sean looked at the stat line <laughs> and I, and then I like turned the game on and the announcers right away are like, and the seventh drop of the game. I was just, Is this his fault that he's died for 50? Like, yeah, it was, bad. I'm sure he's missed a few throws. Don't get me wrong, but good God. Robbie Anderson had one of the most absurd stat lines I've ever seen. Yes. Uh, it, his stat line this week, uh, maybe it wasn't, as bad as I thought. I thought he had a ton of yeah, yeah, it was as bad. He had eleven targets and he had three catches. That's disgusting. That's really and a gross. touchdown. Don't mm. get the touchdown. Yeah. Shout out Jeff. He he said that uh people would victory lap Robbie Anderson as soon as he had like a breakout game and his ten points here. I saw someone uh bragging. So <laughs> that, nope, don't do that. Uh, but also Terrace Marshall concussed. Hopefully he gets through the protocol because they need someone to catch passes. So Yeah, the only thing I could say is if he is out, Robbie's been getting targeted insanely. <laughs> Hopefully that just continues. And he yeah. remembers how hands work. That would catch. be good. That <laughs> would be good. All right, uh, so we did talk about uh, Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton, uh, he left the game in the fourth quarter of his first game back from injury, uh, quad injury. He looked pretty good um, in his time there, though. He's four four catches on four targets, eighty yards. Kind of looked like Ty of old, which is good. But do we think that this injury is going to linger and make that irrelevant? Quad and hamstring injuries always linger, don't they? <laughs> Especially for. Wide receivers and deep threats, and that's kind of what Hilton's supposed to be. I think Pittman is just taking over as the one on this team, clearly. So yeah. I think that's what's going to help Hilton if he gets back. It's just I, I think this is going to linger for a week or so, and no one's going to want him. Yeah, that's that's probably true. All right, enough of the the Debbie Downer. Let's talk about some of the highlights <laughs> for now. Yeah, yeah. Until we get back to the lowlights. Um, Highlights of week six, though it's not a highlight if you're a Browns fan, uh, because the stark difference in the two teams right now is is disappointing. But the Ravens just absolutely demolished the Chargers. What they were able to do to Justin Herbert, uh, just to that offensive line, even was impressive. I just called, I, I think the AFC right now is a two team race, and I think the Ravens belong in that discussion. Uh, They have an MVP caliber quarterback right now. They have one of the better defenses in the league. People came back at me and said, well, they gave up 25 to the Colts. Yeah, I mean, teams give up points sometimes, and 25 really isn't that many. Um, And and that was with their defense a little banged up. When this this whole Ravens team has been hurt, and they're finally coming to, Rashad Bateman was a pleasant sight. Randy, what did you think of the Ravens-Chargers football game? They just just stepped on the pedal early and just kept going. It did seem like 
uh, the offense for the Chargers just just couldn't get going in the first quarter. And then at that point, they were down by a lot, and they just continually just couldn't get into the game. Um, Lamar looked very efficient. Uh, He still – it just depends on what's going on. It looked like the Chargers could not cover Mark Andrews, uh, and he was just open the entire time. So that's a good sign. Um, Really, their running game was just stellar again, and then Lamar made the passes he needed to. They looked efficient. The defense was rocking. Uh, they played probably the best I've seen them play all year, uh, except maybe their front four containing Mahomes. That's the only other thing I would say they've been spectacular at so far this year prior to this game, uh, but scary. <laughs> but yeah. good transition, the only team that's beat them. Raiders win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Raiders. The dock, I got this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was perfect. That was a good transition. Uh, the Raiders post John Gruden. Uh, firing, stepping down, whatever the hell happened with John Cruden, uh, they rallied back and, and they bounced back in a big way and just kind of embarrassed their division rivals, which I feel like we talked about this last week, or maybe I just talked with myself. Uh, it, it, again, it was a long weekend. Maybe I was talking with myself about how the Raiders were just going to pour it on, and they did. Uh, Derek Carr, I believe, had almost 400 passing yards. Yeah, uh, on just a very low amount of attempts. Uh, so he, hang on, twenty-seven attempts, three hundred forty-one yards. That's outstanding. Eighteen completions for three hundred forty-one yards shouldn't be a real stat, uh, but <laughs> isn't it good. magical what happens when your receivers catch the ball? Yeah, Henry oh, Ruggs had a big game. Henry Ruggs is like top 15 in the league in receiving yards right now uh, and just performing at a very high level. It's almost like if receivers don't break out their first year, they still have a shot to be good, especially when they're first rounders. Wait a minute. They don't (laughs) get fired. Oh my God. It's crazy, Uh, man. It's crazy. You're saying there's hope for Sammy Watkins. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, But no, we did talk about it because I I brought it up on uh, Thursday uh, because I, I did predict the Raiders were going to win and, and play this well with more of a prayer than really a prediction, <laughs> I would definitely say. But I did counterbalance it with the start of the week of uh, Cortland Sutton, thinking this game would be more of a shootout, high-scoring affair with the Raiders coming out firing. Uh, they did their part, and then Sutton eventually did his part, <laughs> but the Broncos didn't do their part because their <laughs> safety net quarterback uh, wasn't safe. <laughs> Yeah. And they looked really bad because of it. Yeah. I can't believe this was a 10-point game. Um, and the funny thing is is that uh, Teddy Bridgewater ended up outscoring uh, <laughs> Derek Carr in certain formats because he threw 49 freaking times in this game to try to fight back. Uh, he threw three interceptions, three touchdowns, though, which is kind of nice, you know. Uh, the yeah. backfield split for Denver – you're right, Randy. You said this last Monday that you think it's going to be 50-50 the whole year. It's going to be. Um, I said that to start this year. <laughs> I know, but then you you reinforce that you just don't think that a Javante breakout necessarily or takeover is ever going to happen. You're, you've got to be right. I don't agree with it. I think Vic Fangio sucks, and I think Brandon Sweet, who's a commonality on the show, like he comes on a lot. He's a Broncos fan. He is angry uh, at the Broncos, probably – 
more angry that or angrier that uh, he's also a Browns fan. But yeah, it's um, it's not great for the Broncos right now. I know the fans are calling for Fangio's head, uh, but the Raiders are the ones that did that, and I think that's fun for Raiders fans like Randy. Yes, it is very fun. Uh, it, it's just one of those like I I know I saw this on Twitter. I was thinking it before I saw it, and it. It's how, usually how my Twitter works is I was like, you know what? I should. Yeah, it's already there. It's already there. I'm not going to tweet <laughs> it. Uh, but it's just every week we see something great from Javante. And then we see basic stuff from Melvin doing what he does every year. And he's he's really good at it. He's not going to disappoint. But because he's not disappointing, <laughs> the yeah. good gets outweighed by the veteran and the money. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just he's going to continue to be good. There might be a point this year where he gets the lead of the of the backfield. I don't think he's going to get the lead in the passing work, though. Um, but it's next year's kind of thing, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, and my thing with this. So people have been arguing. I, I put this tweet out. People have been arguing that uh, Melvin Gordon has 0.1 yards per carry more than Javante. And so he's been better. First of all, yards per carry, not a great stat. Second of all, if you want to use that stat, Melvin Gordon has a 70-yard touchdown run outlier that he's never going to get again uh, that has has propped up that yards per carry. Uh, someone tweeted at me. I, I'm sorry, I should credit you, and I will go back and I will thank you for the for the tweet. But uh, <laughs> Javante, since, that, since week two, is averaging over a yard per carry more than Melvin Gordon. He has just been flat out better. He's breaking more tackles. He's forcing more missed tackles. He's been fairly elusive. Um, so I don't get it. But the Broncos, I don't get a lot about the Broncos. So uh, because they don't do what could unlock their offense, they do the safety because the coaching staff wants to keep their job, so they're playing it safe. And in turn, and that's why Teddy's the quarterback, and that's why they have a split backfield. And yeah, yeah. it's bad. Yeah, hey, I think I think we're a couple of weeks away from Drew Locke, if I'm being completely honest. So. Yeah, I mean, you you said that Teddy outscored Carr in a different systems or scoring systems, but it, he has he got two touchdowns against what isn't great coverage to begin with, but a backed off not great coverage, and then he still threw two more picks. Yeah, it's, so it's it's just one of those like, yeah, did he do all right? Really? <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, hey, fantasy. I mean, Jalen Hurts was bad against the Bucks, and he still had a good fantasy day, and that's yeah. fantasy that's performances. True. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, all right, next thing: Cardinals offense, Cardinals team in general. Um, well, very good. Now the Cardinals offense, even like. This is with an, an asterisk because the Browns defense was so bad that it made the Cardinals look like they had an elite offense um, to a point. Now, I think yeah. that the Cardinals can beat you in so many different ways now, which was not true last year. Uh, but I think that's important. I think that Kyler is playing at a crazy level right now, too. And it's going to be tough to beat this team. I mean, I kept calling them frauds. I still am not fully buying into this, kind of like I didn't buy into the Steelers last year. Uh, but they have something more sustainable here. Randy. Youth. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. A, a quarterback. You know. Yeah. Uh, what did you think? I mean, outside of the blown coverages. Well, and there wasn't. Honestly, it's not like last week with the Browns where there was literally two enormously key blown coverages. 
This right. one, there was a couple, like, not the best coverages, but there was a lot of just weird over tic tac calls that helped a lot of drives. Yeah. Uh, and it really one-sided. And that does sound homerish, but I did look back at it today. Uh, I actually <laughs> went through the, the all 22 of it today to look back to see, because I was questioning Odo coverages versus uh, Hopkins, Hopkins coverages. And there was just multiple times where it was the same kind of coverage, and one way it's a penalty, the other way it's not. It was really disheartening. There was two drives that I, I feel were gifted scores because of penalties. Now, the Browns should have lost that game regardless. They had injuries that didn't play well. Baker, two fumbles, one pick. The pick was the worst thing of them all. Uh, That's bad. A drop on fourth and four in the red zone. Also, everything was bad for the Browns. They deserved to lose. The Cardinals deserved to win. The two scores, they probably end up still winning by two scores. I'm not worried about <laughs> any of that. That's just not my problem. I'm right. just saying it, the offense was very good, except those two drives. I just want to discount them and just don't look at them. Besides that, they were slowed down a couple times, but the rest of it, they were just ultra efficient. Two running backs that were working well in tandem. Kyler working well around the ball and throwing the ball. Four receivers doing their best. Always open, it felt like. And then you add in Zach Ertz next week. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. it's becoming a scary thing. And there's a reason we don't have any Cardinals receivers on the waiver wire wish list this week. One, because they've been on there before. <laughs> and two, yeah. someone's losing touches to Ertz. Yeah, I will say, you know, Max Williams was able to sustain, but in yeah. those weeks, that's when Rondale had down games. So, like, yeah. uh, or even Christian Kirk, like, that stuff happens. So, just keep that in mind. Uh, playing a Cardinals receiver is kind of like playing a lottery. I think AJ Green's probably safe. Uh, Kyler loves throwing the deep ball to AJ Green somehow. Uh, but even then, like, I, I'm not sure who is safe in this offense. We're going to need to see it play out, I think. But yeah, the, only one's, the only one safe is Hopkins because he could win no matter what. Yeah, shout out that train. I love that train. Um, the timing, impeccable. All right, uh, next thing, Jags. The Jaguars got their first win. Um, shout out Urban Meyer, who he definitely thought they were going to lose. He was already hanging his head before the kick to win the game. Uh, and then... I think to everyone's surprise, this guy that was literally, he was like an emergency kicker uh, that flew with them. Uh, Lambo didn't go. He got Michael Wright, I think is his name. Yeah. Debatably the best player on the field. (laughs) Trevor Lawrence was the best player on the field. Yes. Um, Uh, James Robinson, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. In that game. But, But the Jaguars did play very well. And now I... I want to say this is a little grain of salt as well because Miami is in shambles right now. Like this is not what we expected from this team. You and I talked about them as a borderline playoff team. Yes. They're in shambles. Although their defense didn't play well without their two top corners. Agreed. (laughs) And then their offense played well. And I think with two at the helm, it really saw something. Without three of their top receivers yep, not exactly. their three top receivers but preston williams was out Devontae parker was out will fuller was out like you three can argue the top that, four. yeah 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 you can argue uh, that those are the matt the collins was important four. in the game that's that should say all it is uh <laughs> but it, it's just one of those like they they played well 
I think they shouldn't hang their hat on a kicker making an ironically in London Bennett like Beckham field goal to keep them in the game and then a game winning field goal from his career longest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I just think it's hilarious that the Jaguars had to go to London to win a game <laughs> when yeah. that's because of England. That's the only reason their owner owns them. Really? The yeah, that's true. Club, they gave them all the money. Yeah. Well, I think they might be moving to London permanently. That's the only place they, they can win. And they, they have a pretty good record over there, too. I mean, they always play. They always there, play so. well. It's home field advantage. It's bullshit. I know. <laughs> uh, really quickly, shout out Tottenham for the stadium. It's freaking, right. Beautiful. Absolutely yes. Beautiful. Uh, bucket list to go watch Tottenham play on that field. So, uh, or on that pitch. My bad. My bad. It's been a while. Uh, all right. Um, Last highlight would be the Rams, the Bengals, and the Colts. They all took care of business. And and that was something that I actually questioned this week. I think the Chiefs should be on here too. Uh, they didn't do it in a great way. The Chiefs in the fourth quarter could be on here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Bengals were the most impressive of mm-hmm. these teams to me. Uh, the Lions, I thought, were going to be scrappy. I mean, they've been scrappy in every game. And the Bengals came in and they, they laid it on them. Uh, Burrow looked good. Mixon did everything that we know Mixon can do, and that was refreshing. Mixon, I think, is going to finish as a top five back. Derrick Henry might push him out. Um, <laughs> you mean the one? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, but Mixon, everyone said if Mixon doesn't go off this week, he's never going to go off. Well, he did, so now he will. You know, he's Come good. <laughs> No, it's just on here because there's – I mean, look at the Patriots last week with the Texans. It's like it's a game you should win. The other team played hard. He played inferior. You played to their level. Don't, you still won, but you almost lost. These teams just said, nope, we're better. And <laughs> just yeah. stepped on their throats. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go to some lowlights. And I'm adding one on the fly. I'm literally typing it as I'm speaking. The Chiefs. Uh, receivers, I want to say, probably belong on here the most. Uh, Chiefs receivers have caused so many interceptions for Patrick Mahomes. It's unbelievable. I'm almost positive. Now, I won't say, like, his his second one I, yesterday was trash. I did uh, see because of this. It, it is a hot topic uh, because it's yes. the best quarterback in the game right now, and he has to have excuses. <laughs> That's uh, true. And that happens for all of them. I'm not being particular. Brady's had all of his excuses. Don't get me wrong. Rodgers does until the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> shout Always. out, Frank. That's never going away. <laughs> uh, but I did see a breakdown of his picks, and I believe he has – is it a, is it 12, I believe? It might be mm. 11 picks. Uh, and it was like – the breakdown was realistic, and it was like two and a half weren't his fault. <laughs> And two of those were Tyreek Hill major drops. But yeah. a lot of it, it's him trying to do too much. Oh, so he has he has eight picks right now, um, which it feels like more. So, no, but, it, is, uh, it was six and a half to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But so I will say, I think even I think you can say that some of the ones that do go off receivers hands, you can blame the receiver. But it's kind of like a Baker Mayfield thing where uh, we've talked about how Baker just does not put touch on on a ball at all. And it goes off the receiver's hands because he thinks he can throw really hard. 
Well, Mahomes does the same thing, and he's been doing it inside five yards, and it's tough to catch those passes when he's got a gun. Mahomes has looked pretty pedestrian. Teams have kind of figured out what Mahomes does well and how to kind of stop that. I tweeted out tonight, the key to stopping every quarterback, every single quarterback in the league, generate pressure with four guys. If you can generate pressure with your front four and you don't have to blitz and you can drop seven, you're going to have a good shot at at disrupting what an offense wants to do. Uh, It doesn't always work. Mahomes picked apart the Browns defense when they did that, but that was because of the secondary. Uh, They were able to generate pressure and he's elite still, but I think it's notable that the Chiefs have not looked like the Chiefs. I don't think they're in the top two teams in well, the AFC right now. They, I mean, they've uh, they've beaten the Browns, and in that game, I would say Kelsey and Mahomes were good, but Hill dominated. Another yeah. one of their wins, Hill dominated. And then another one, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and I would say the rest of the running game dominated. Yeah. And that's it's just not like Mahomes is completely taking over. Because he he just can't win by himself. There's no argument there. But he's stacked with talent. I agree the wide receiving core isn't what it should be. They just built up guys that could replace Hill if he was out, which makes no sense. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, 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 they they looked good. They should have won. Yeah, they did win. Yeah. But they they pretty much looked good in the fourth quarter, and that's the biggest thing. Yeah. I actually had picked the football team to win this game um, I because I th- I thought it was going to be one of those trap games where everyone thinks the Chiefs have a bounce back, and they didn't look like they were going to. They did figure it out. I, I wonder if that fourth quarter is the tide turning. But, we'll see. Uh, Bears fans on here uh, for what they did to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. And what Aaron Rodgers did to them. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, elite, elite freaking – I mean – Getting a hot mic of that was the greatest thing to happen this weekend, I think. Uh, I'm not going to repeat what he said. Uh, it's probably, I mean, we're not like a safe for work podcast, but it was pretty, pretty nice. He said um, he still owns them. What do you mean? He he does. Uh, but That's yeah, all just, he said. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> now, I will say he was saying that to the fans. He was not disrespecting the players. And he yeah. did go up to Justin Fields after, and they had a nice little conversation so that was good justin fields i have to talk about him he played better than his stats indicate as always uh alan robinson basically given up on the team uh he's just stopped a ton of routes uh one of fields's or fields's pick was on what should have been blown dead of a free play offside or a false start one or the other uh so fields played well i know a lot of people are panicking but don't your fans suck, though, Chicago. I'm sorry. Jerk. Yeah, it's just how it, they know. have a bad rep, too. It's the same with Philly fans. There's there's a bunch of teams like that. They're just I know. they have bad it's, reps as fans. It's all fans. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, we, we talked about this already. Carolina Panthers wide receivers should be a low light. They dropped everything. Robbie Anderson, the main main culprit there. I don't know what fixes that. Um, and Hopefully exciting. next week is what fixes that. <laughs> yeah, it's there's nothing to fix that. That's you, you just have to get past it. Yeah, it's clearly getting in your head and screwing up. Yeah, 
I mean, they get the Giants next week, so they should be able to fix that. That should be a get-right game, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice nice little get-right game. And then the last two low lights, teams that we already talked about pretty extensively. So Browns and Broncos deserve to be on here. Broncos for the sheer fact that they started 3-0 and and they are now 3-3. and Browns because decimated by injuries. And honestly, Randy, if you had to put money on the Browns making the playoffs today, would you feel confident in that bet? Yeah. Okay. I think I would too. I I think my confidence will dwindle if though if, if the Broncos are the ones to have the get right game this Thursday because these two teams play each other. Uh, we my thing with the Browns, we've seen them play well this year already, and they're nowhere near their best this season yet. That's true. It, it, yes, I think health. The the scary thing with the Browns health they need to yeah, get healthy I, they haven't been healthy at all <laughs> yeah if you actually look week. through this i mean your, Jed, your top receiver as the team goes has been out for most of the year yeah and that your other top receiver was out when that guy was around so they haven't played together yep <laughs> your lines starting the entire year but <laughs> now left, both running backs are banged up and baker's banged up and yeah. the defense has been banged up and not be able to play together yet. So it's. Yeah. Losing Osakoromoa is going to kill them. Uh, but maybe John Johnson actually is able to play in the box now. We'll maybe, see. Maybe, but Joe Woods sucks. Fire up. Yeah, All right. Uh, let's talk through some waiver wire uh, wish list, as we always do on this episode. Now, remember, guys, these. Not all of these players are going to be available in your leagues, but we're giving you an idea of who to look for. Uh, when you browse your waivers, and we're going to start so we can stop talking about the damn Browns. Uh, yes, let's just get uh, it over <laughs> Browns running backs, Randy. So, Dearness Johnson and Demetri Felton have been a topic of discussion. Someone brought up John Kelly. Don't pick up John don't Kelly. Pick up John Kelly. I mean, please don't. Um, however, Dearness Johnson was a popular waiver ad last year after he broke out during a Nick Chubb injury game against the Cowboys. He had almost yep. 100 yards. Uh, showed that he was capable of running in the scheme. Demetric Felton hasn't taken a ton of slap, snaps, slaps, snaps at running back, <laughs> but uh, people think that he might get used in the backfield a little bit more. What are you doing with these guys? How would you prioritize just between these two? Um, it, that's a tough call because we don't have the we we have the update on Hunt. We know he's not playing. Uh, we actually don't know for sure. Yeah, he's on IR. Yeah, they they're putting him on IR. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, without the update on Chubb, you have to kind of lead towards Felton because if Chubb is progressing to play, Deuteris Johnson will split some carries because they're going to want to keep Chubb relatively fresh. But Felton is the one that's going to split carries as well as be the pass catching predominant back of the three because that's his best skill set. Uh, uh, he's of those three, he's the best pass catcher. There's no question, in my opinion. And I am, we are both people that think Chubb is a better pass catcher than they gave him credit for. Uh, but if Chubb is out, Deanna's Johnson's definitely the guy because he has shown the ability to run really well in the scheme, especially if the line's healthy, uh, but, <laughs> which we don't know either. But that's why it's like, if you think Chubb's playing, I think it's a good idea to pick up Felton for a week rental. Uh, possibly longer. Uh, just I, I would like to see it. I would like to see how much they give Chubb in the passing game. If 
you feel like they're going to let Chubb sit and the Browns are going to take this as kind of a bye week of sorts with all their injuries. Uh, Dearness Johnson is definitely a one week rental, but will be a really good one. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's really what you're looking for. If you absolutely need to start this week on a Thursday, on a, you know, <laughs> it's a tough one because you're only going to have them for one day and then have to figure out if you want to start them or not. So yeah. I, I think Felton's the guy I go for, but depending on the situation, Johnson's the better play. Yeah. Um, I disagree. Uh, I disagree that well, now. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Uh, so I, I put out there, if Nick Chubb is not able to go in this game, I don't think you're able to start a Browns running back. And everyone said, but the Browns, they're the best running team in the NFL. That is true. They are the best running team in the NFL because they have guys like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I know that Dearness Johnson was able to step into a scheme in the middle of a game last year when there was no no film on it. He just was inserted into the Chubb role with a couple of days to kind of game plan. I think the Browns are going to throw the ball. And everyone said they came, they pushed back and they said, but Baker's hurt. I said, yeah, Baker was hurt in this game. And the Browns only handed the ball off 18 times and then people push back. It was part of uh, the game script, right? They were down 14 in the second quarter. Yes. However, the Browns went pass heavy early. So they, they didn't want to give Kareem the full load, but then refused to give anyone else carries. And so I, I found that kind of interesting because now what do they do if they don't have any of their starting backfield? Do they trust Yarnis to get the ball twelve to fifteen times? I don't. I don't think they do. I really don't. I think they do, but in your scenario, Felton is a good pickup. That's that's where I think, like you're saying it without thinking it, because maybe if if, if maybe you I was think wrong they're, if you think they're only going to run on sporadic occasions and they're going to throw a lot, Felton's going to be in the game. <laughs> over yeah. Johnson because he has some uh, ability and to be a blocker at times, uh, not great, more of a chip, obviously, but he's, right. a, he's the pass catcher of the backfield at that point. And it, I mean, you have to have some running back back there because it does help with pass protection. Yeah. And, and they need it right now. You're right. And, and maybe that's the case, but then, do they just have him sit there and chip all game? That's where I get worried. Like, am I going to start Demetric Felton on Thursday night? I don't. I don't think I would. And so, it's I it's get tough. like a Holden stash though. Yeah, like he's definitely the stash of the group because especially if Hunt's out six weeks, that's a good amount of work, especially after this game. The other thing is, I would be okay starting him, but that's it's because of it's it's one of the bipocalypse weeks. There's a lot of big teams out, including the Steelers, uh, which I know for I just know them just off the time I have for week seven for IDP league reasoning, uh, <laughs> which is gonna suck this week. Uh, but it's just yeah. one of those like if you need some points, I think you could get a safe six to eight from him without even thinking about it. Cause he's going to get three catches if that's the situation. Yeah, that's fair. I, I we should mention. So 
the six teams on by this week, Buffalo Bills, Dallas Cowboys, Jacksonville Jaguars, Los Angeles Chargers, Minnesota Vikings, and Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's, that's why there was a lot, that's of, a lot of running backs that are really okay. good. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And I mean, Zach that's – Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Singletary was included in your first statement. No, I'm just kidding. He's not. Um, <laughs> He's not. It is a lot of – it is a lot of top tier running backs, though. I mean, every five of those teams have running backs that you start every week, and I would argue that you're starting Moss. Yeah, like- yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, um, that's enough of the Browns. I, I don't want to talk about that damn team right now. Um, DJ Dallas is the next name on here. Five percent rostered. The reason we put DJ Dallas on here is that obviously the Alex Collins injury. Uh, however. DJ Dallas didn't get on the field a ton and he still had nine fantasy points. He was on the field for 34% of snaps, carried the ball four times for 17 yards, but caught five passes for 33 yards. We saw a little bit of this last year, Randy. Here's, here's my question. Cause I use DJ Dallas as an example. Would you rather start DJ Dallas with Collins out or one of these Browns running backs? With Collins out for sure. Yep. I would do DJ Dallas. Okay. Because I think they showed a commitment to running regardless of who it is. Now, just because he's out does not mean Chris Carson's out. (laughs) We it's still a week to week thing with him. Uh other thing to bring up, he's also on here. Rashad Penny is eligible to return now. Uh doesn't mean he will. (laughs) But if Collins is out and he's like almost a hundred percent, you would think there'd be a uh a willingness to bring him back earlier to make sure you have the bodies in the backfield. And then you have Homer who is more of a pass catching back, but clearly late in the game when DJ got all of his work in the passing game, uh, they didn't care about Homer. So I think because he showed a little bit of both and there's a reliance on the running game for them, I would play Dallas over both Browns running backs. Okay. I do want to correct you really quick because this was oh, news fuck. that I'm sorry. No, so this is news that kind of went by the wayside. But when they when the Seahawks put Russell Wilson on IR, they also put Chris Carson on IR. Oh, so they did. Out, I, he's I out until week ten. I, I didn't even care about him. Like <laughs> it was one of those like, oh well, Russ is finally on the IR. I didn't even remember. I know. Yeah. Thank so I. Yeah. I, I thought I remembered seeing that because he I have a couple shares. Um, no, you're you're 100% right. I just literally forgot. <laughs> yeah. But so Dallas might be a, a longer term play too with that pass catching work. Um, he would be, but I think Penny has shown the ability to be both as well and he also yeah. has the draft capital and yeah. kind of that last chance mindset. Uh, so Yeah, he's got uh, If he's available, especially with the situation here, I think they kind of bring it back and give him the reins. Is Paris Campbell the uh, Rashad Penny of wide receivers? Um, no. Okay. Because Rashad Penny has never been as good as Paris Campbell in games. That's fair. Uh, he did have one week, sir. Uh, <laughs> every time Paris Campbell's been healthy on the field, he's looked good. I know. Well, fully healthy, especially. Uh, the reason I brought that up. Next person on the list, Zach Pascal, uh, 17% rostered. He has stepped in in various roles for the Colts over the last three years and been good. 
yeah, I know, man. I know. <laughs> it's, it's a rough one. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, Pascal, he currently is the wide receiver 48 in, in PPR leagues. Uh, this last week, he only caught three balls for 48 yards. And a lot of that uh, production came in the first couple of weeks where Paris Campbell was still working his way back and uh, T.Y. Hilton was out. But now we're kind of seeing that exact same scenario come through, and, and that was when Pascal was a top 24 receiver. Uh, again, 17% rostered. Randy, is this one of your top priorities this week? No, and it's not – situationally, I think it would be. I think at the wide receiver, he should be, but because of the other two receivers on this list yeah, and their potential upside, I think he can't be because yeah. he has been given – an overwhelming amount of uh, opportunities early in the season when like Hilton obviously was out and Campbell was being very brought in quietly and slowly. Uh, Pascal was relevant for two weeks, uh, uh, barely a flex, but still relevant. Right. Yeah, uh, it's fair. Um, so let's just get right into those other two wide receivers uh, because I think you, these should be your number one priority when you go to your waiver wire these should be the two names that you look for. We'll start with, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll see. Uh, that running back's the only one that's. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah. Get we'll get him. to him in a second. Uh, so Michael Gallup eligible to return after this bye week uh, it, all signs pointing to him returning after the bye week And so with people knowing that go get him this week and stash him for a week, uh, you can probably get him. He's not he been brought off the IR yet. So you No, can... he's eligible to return. So it's right. one of those with no up I haven't even got an update that he's eligible to return. I actually just kind of knew the week off the top of my head. Uh that's why he's on here. Uh, right. I literally have seen nothing about Michael Gallup. So the update is that he could oh six hours ago. Perfect timing. Uh he could return to practice in week eight. Uh, so that means that this is the week. This is the last week where you're not getting updates about him. Really, you're not getting them sent to your phone at least. And then week eight will be the week that he does return. So, yeah, uh, you go stash him now. Put him on your IR, and then pick up the dude that you dropped if you want him. Still, you know, like he'll be on waivers. But if you have an IR spot uh, and someone dropped him, because but be speaking silly. of IR spots as well, there's a good chance that. Uh, when he is able and forced to be taken off your IR spot, teams will rather just drop him because they picked up someone that's done something in the last five weeks. So that's they're true. just going to let him be. And yeah. Gallup's, Gallup looked good for a drive and a half. Yeah. And then he got yeah. hurt. <laughs> well, they uh, used it's not him his fault. A, yeah. They, in a very strange role, like a, a short last year, they ran him on nine routes every every down <laughs> true uh but it's because cd's working inside outside this year i will also say week one amari was still coming back from injury so little things there but i still think he is a target guy in this offense with deep play potential we'll see how it affects the team though there's there's a lot there's so much targets to go around but also not enough to go around because of all the mouths so yeah. it's, it's very strange. Yeah. 
With Schultz being a breakout tight end, I mean, it's it's and tough. And still being a very effective tight end and good. <laughs> that's the, the scary ca- thing. The Cowboys should be in the top tier in the NFC, but that's probably a conversation for another day because um, I think they're that good. Um, okay, next name, Rashad Bateman, uh, a guy that you probably should have stashed, but when we looked up the roster ship, he's only 44% rostered in, in your standard, uh, you know, 12 sleeper team league. yeah it's 12 team sleeper league so 44 percent rostered he played on 65 percent of snaps in a blowout win uh he did only accumulate 6.9 fantasy points um four catches for 29 yards but he did see six targets which was tied for the team lead with mark andrews what this says to me is that with Sammy Watkins out, which Sammy Watkins is out a lot, we've known that for years, uh, Bateman immediately stepped into the wide receiver one role for that team. He had more one more target than Hollywood Brown. Lamar's been good throwing the ball. Uh, everyone said that Bateman was almost the reason for – or he did cost Lamar an interception. It, it Yeah, it was a rookie in his first NFL game. Like That, that yeah, stuff he did. happens. The, the good thing for him, though, is it looked like they schemed up touches for his first game. Like, they not saying that's how this will go, but it looked like in the first game they wanted something to be shown between him and Lamar. They wanted to see the look, at least. Yeah. And I think they, they saw enough to keep him involved in the offense. There's going to be weeks that Andrews isn't this dominant. Uh, there's going to be weeks that... Hollywood has three deep touchdowns. It's just going to happen. It's the type of receiver he is. Uh, but Bateman is the all-around receiver. So yeah. if there's a safety blanket, it's going to be between him and Andrews. I think for the first year, that's going to be Andrews. But yeah. <laughs> Bateman is very, very good. There, yeah. uh, We didn't get to see – we haven't gotten to see his breakout because of the injury – there's a reason me and you loved him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So <clears throat> would you prioritize him over Gallup this week? Yes. Uh, okay. Because he played. Um, yeah. And I think I think you could wait on Gallup. I just wanted him in this list because if he is on your waiver wire, no one's spending the priority on him. It's true. So you can get him for free, basically, in stash. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, let's go back to that running back that you were talking about. That is, I guess, your top priority. Uh, I, I think he has to be this week. And it, in that's because even if the the worst-case scenario for the football team isn't true and Gibson's fine, he was kind of in and out all game and then out and definitely kind of the rest of the game. But yeah. J.D. McKissick has been a dominant back with and without Antonio Gibson. So I he's 52% owned, but if he's out there this week with the the obscurity of the injury uh, to Gibson, especially because there was a lot of talk like he'll be fine. It's a it's a shin thing, but he's good. And then he looked decent during the game, but like he literally came in and out. And when he every time he went out you're like oh crap this might be really bad and then he came right back and it's like oh god what the hell but (laughs) mckissick is constant he is good running the ball but he is very very good out of the backfield uh now 
I will say when Fitzpatrick is back, which is sooner than we expect, <laughs> he did not show he hasn't shown in a long time the the willingness to dump it out of the backfield except for really like two games for Gaskin last year. Uh, but that's the only worry. I hope Gibson's not out for a long time. I don't think he is. I don't think he's going to IR or anything. I think he probably sits out this week just to get healed up. Yeah. And yeah. if that's the case, I think McKissick is a must start. Yeah. Yeah. McKissick totaled over 100 total yards. Uh, he carried the ball eight times for 45, caught eight passes for 65 on 10 targets. We know that target number does go down when Fitz comes back, and he it is does. eligible to return this week. I yeah, don't think it he does. does in theory. That's the thing. Like we've seen it not be the thing, but we've on this team seen it be the thing. But that also it was all running backs didn't get touched in the past game, basically. Um, it, the other thing, McKissick, I believe, has outscored Gibson this season so far. Now the injury there. <laughs> So right. a little grain of salt, uh, but and also pure, a lot of passing yards for McKissick, really yeah. tipping the scale for PPR. I know it's it's close. I just believe that. I think I saw that today. Um, yeah. But that's that's the other thing. Like I think he can, I think he can get you Eckler light, if yeah. he's the starting running back and basically the only running back. I think he can get you forty yards on the ground, plus another fifty to eighty through the year. It's actually a crime that he's only rostered in 52% of leagues. That's absurd. In our leagues, even, even with our teams, there's been, he's like, he's the guy we have, but he's the guy, depending on the week, and depending on what we need on the waiver wire, free agency, he's the first guy in the chopping block, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I think you should keep him this week. All right, another football teamer, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones. So... (laughs) We've seen an increased snap count the last three weeks, right? So Logan Thomas went out uh, in week three, I believe, or yes, he went out one of the, yeah, well, it was the, the, one of the first snaps in week four. Uh, So Ricky Seals Jones, 93% of snaps week four, 99% of snaps in week five, and then a hundred percent of snaps against Kansas city this past week. Over the last two, he has nine catches on 15 targets for 99 yards and he did score a touchdown this last week scored 15.8 fantasy points 39% rostered 38% rostered somewhere in there go get him and start him if Logan Thomas is not playing uh, and I don't believe Logan Thomas will be playing this week so start no, Ricky Seals Jones <laughs> he literally came in for Thomas and got all of Thomas's targets and has continued to get all of Thomas's targets yeah, that's, that's literally it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that, yeah, that's that's an easy one. Uh, next few running backs that I'm just gonna quickly, yay or nay, would you be okay rostering them? Devontae Freeman, three percent rostered. Yes, uh, depending on what I hear tomorrow about Latavius Murray. Okay, yeah, that's make sure you do your research there. Uh, yeah. But I, I think and that he, he will could not be a get hundred percent of the work. He's going to get like 40%, but still, but he had a, a good day as well. I mean, yeah. all the Ravens backfield did. All right. Uh, Tariq Cohen, 10% rostered eligible to return. 
Uh, yes, it, so, I, I don't know if it's this week for sure, but it's soon. Uh, it's one of those like he should come back yeah. this week and he should be very, very good for this team. Yeah. Uh, and with all the injuries and COVID, every running back has looked good in this offense so far, uh, at least because of touches. <laughs> I will say, I think he's going to be number two. I think he's a little bit worse than next week, so I kind of like the count. Exactly. I need him to start keeping that on. And then lastly, Marlon Mack, 23% pure, rostered. Pure stash. We are f- at the uh, 15 days right now away from the deadline for trades. He is the number one guy on the trade block for running back. Yeah. Yeah, and... <laughs> And they tried to showcase him against Baltimore, and they've been they, showcasing they, him for two or three weeks now, and he's looked good. He's looked, yeah. He his his yards per carry number isn't great, but I will say the Colts' offensive line has been bad, uh, which is strange to say, but they have. Yeah. Been, so, uh, okay, that's yeah, pure stash there. That's our list. Um, so if we didn't hit on someone, and you want our opinion, make sure you just. Hit us at our ads at C Williams NFL or at our Hall NFL. Uh, you can also hit us up at the FFB. That'll do it for this show. Uh, now, guys, remember we have a ton of shows this week. Uh, so Wednesday night, the coach approach. Thursday night, we have the college football cut, and you guys get an episode of ours, our starts and sits on the podcast feed. And then Friday nights, we have DFS deep dive. They did switch that this week. They are back to Friday. Uh, this upcoming week um rankings will be updated uh probably wednesday thursday ish morning we'll we'll talk about it yep um, um uh, weekly picks article out again i had a very good week <laughs> i did not i had, a, I had I, a rough week i believe i got the browns wrong i got the bills wrong tonight yeah. i think maybe one more and that's it like I oh the, I had the the uh, Chargers game wrong. That's yeah. it. I believe <laughs> I had a very good week. <laughs> I got the Chargers game right and still had a bad week. Um, uh, another update. I came back with Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen this this evening scored twenty nine point seven two fantasy points in the league. I needed uh, twenty seven from him, so I am happy. Yeah. So. All right, uh, Randy, anything else to add before we bounce? Nope. All right, well, that will do it for us. We will talk to you guys later this week. For Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you then. Later.